The cues that trigger a habit can start out very specific, but over time your habits become associated not with a single trigger, but with the entire context surrounding the behavior. For example, many people drink more in social situations than they would ever drink alone. The trigger is rarely a single cue, but rather the whole situation. Watching your friends order drinks, hearing the music at the bar, seeing the beers on tap, we mentally assign our habits to the location in which they occur. The home, the office, the gym, each location develops a connection to the certain habit and routines. In one study, scientists instructed insomniacs to get into bed only when they were tired. If they couldn't fall asleep, they were told to sit in a different room until they became sleepy. Over time, subjects began to associate the context of their bed with the action of sleeping, and it became easier to quickly fall asleep when they climbed into bed. Their brains learned that sleeping, not browsing on their phones, not watching television, not staring at the clock, was the only action that happened in that room. Whenever possible, Avoid mixing the context of one habit with another. When you start mixing contexts, you start mixing habits, and the easier ones will usually win out. This is one reason why the versatility of modern technology is both a strength and a weakness. You can use your phone for all sorts of tasks, which make it a powerful device. But when you can use your phone to do nearly anything, it becomes hard to associate it with one task. You want to be productive, but you're also conditioned to browse social media, check email, and play video games whenever you open your phone. It's a mishmash of cues. That was a couple quotes from Atomic Habits, one of my favorite books by James Clear, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. So this is like the 10th time I've read this chapter. And every time I read it, I'm like, why am I so terrible at doing this? If I look at certain rooms in my house, uh, let's take, for example, my living room. In my living room, our TV is actually surrounded by bookshelves and it's pretty common that I always, and maybe you can relate to this, take the easiest path to just turn on the TV instead of read a book. Now, there didn't used to be a ton of books on our bookshelves or books surrounding the TV, so it was like progress. Let's just saturate the TV with a ton of books or surrounded by a ton of books so that we at least are looking at the books and it would entice us to read more. Uh, but usually, it's or typically, the, the TV always ends up winning out. And over, over the past four months, I actually find myself reading a little bit more because I've placed four books or the books that I'm currently reading right by the spot that I usually sit. So when I sit there, it's easily accessible. Plus, if I see my wife reading before I turn on the TV, it makes me feel a little bit guilty, like, oh man, I should read as well. But I agree with what James Clear says, that, you know, these environments are so critical and we can set them up for success. Like, hey, if, if I wanted to play the bass more and I put my bass in the middle of my living room, chances are I'll probably play it a little bit more than if it's down in my basement collecting dust. You know, if I put it in the, at center stage, in the center of the environment or the environment in which I am, there's bunches of instruments and there's music and there's books on music. You know, chances are I am going to immerse myself in that experience more or I will start using or playing the bass a little bit more. One of the things I was doing, which I'm kind of out of that habit, but that was more consistently writing letters. And what helped me to do that is in one of the rooms in my house, I would set up, hey, here's a stack of stationery. Here's a bunch of pens and pencils. Here's, here's envelopes and stamps. And when all of that's sitting right in front of you and you're sitting at a desk that's filled with that stuff, you're like, okay, writing somebody a letter is no problem. I have crafted my environment to make that really easy as opposed to, okay, I got to go find the stationery. I don't know where any pens or pens are or ones that actually work. I don't know where my stamps are, my envelopes are. And so it just never happens unless it's all right there ready and prepared for me. And I think if you were to just stop for a moment and think about 
the environments in which you're successful at creating good habits and maintaining those good habits, it's probably because you have an incredible environment that allows you to continue that good habit. Or if there's a bad habit that you want to change, maybe take a minute and think about the environment that's leading you to that habit. And maybe it's time for a change of that environment. And I'm sure you can relate. Let's let's think about it for a second with the global pandemic and a lot of us had to work from home, right? <laughs> I, I found it very, very quickly that if I go work somewhere within my house, let's say if I'm in the the kitchen or, or in the kitchen area or, or our dining room, I, it's hard for me to functionally sit down and get work done when I see a pile of dishes or you know things that need to get done in the kitchen. I'm easily distracted and want to move into that environment and start to tackle other things that may not be as challenging as the current work that I'm supposed to be doing day in and day out. And even within my sub-basement in my where I was working most of the time when I was working from home, I had to actually change that into an office and make it look like an office and make it inviting and turn it into almost a knowledge-learning professional environment, which was really helpful. I, can, I think this can be really powerful in your work environments and in your communities and even in your home. One of the things I try to do at work is, one, create an environment that increases collisions. You know, we, we want to consistently create collaboration and and grow collaboration. So how can we create an environment that just makes space for people to run into each other so that they're there it's easy for them to collaborate and collide to increase those hallway conversations. In my line of work as as design engineers, what we try to do even once a month is get my team engaged and one of the best ways we, we do that is to get them out in nature and saturate them in nature and and try to find places or a space that say, hey Hey, once a month we're just gonna we're gonna remove ourselves from this building and we're just gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna have fun together and we're gonna we're gonna go do a walk, do a hike, and get in nature. We're gonna get off campus, change the environment a little bit, and and try to add some creativity to refresh our minds and to renew us a little bit. There's also some intentionality in those environments to create deeper relationships, you know, because one of the habits we wanna try to destroy is our team members having a desire to create silos or do things on their own. And so we want to try to create a great environment that allows them to grow in deeper relationship. Another thing that is not just actually the physical environment, but it's also just recognizing your environment. And sometimes as I'm working through challenging tasks or tactics or working on something hard, sometimes we have to shut off all of these outside noises and distractions, such as hey, if, if I'm going to do some deep work, I need to shut off my email because I can easily go down a rabbit trail and dig into different things that I feel like I can quickly solve instead of taking what may be more challenging at the task at hand. Or maybe it's we need to turn off instant messaging or just closing the door to to have the quietness and the quiet time to get deep work done and setting up a, an environment for success. I love what James Clear says. He, he kind of writes this as a an equation where he says behavior is a function of people and environment. Think about a good habit you or your team just can't stick with. And how is you or your team's environment setting you up for success? 